Area 52 UFO Enrique and Avidio alien abduction cases in 1996 and 1977, two separate cases of alien abduction occurred just outside of San Diego, Chile, while both apparent abductees would wait until the early 2000s to talk about their encounters. Both were extremely similar, despite being separate by several months. It stands to reason that a more UFO accounts we examine, the more potential patterns and connections we will see. And will appear that activity in this part of the world is positively increasing. There have been several occasions of how important the South American continent is to UFO and alien question. Chile, behind Peru and Brazil, is per- perhaps one of the most important countries in the region. UFO sightings occurred here daily for decades. U- sorry, UFO sightings have occurred here constantly for decades. Sorry about that. We get it. So much so that many, many local residents make sure take such sightings as part of their daily lives. However, when these instances turn in, into altogether closer encounters, even alien induction, they're treated with a lot more urgency. There are many reasons this part of the world is washed with strange sightings of unknown aerial objects. It is assumed that these are intelligent guided crafts that are in Chile being a coastal country perhaps gives such coastal visitors, cosmic visitors access to and from waters. Many of the churches believe this is an important detail. I mean, with many consistent UFO sightings occurring in locations with such a large body of water nearby. Or perhaps it's due to location, relatively speaking, being close to the Antarctica and the South Pole a region of the planet that is a prefer of UFO and alien conspiracies to its name. The Gerbella Encesia incident. Although he didn't speak about it until 2002, the encounter of 47-year-old electrician, Gabriel Encesia, E-N-C-I-N-A, occurred on the 27th of June, 1996. It was a little after 8pm and NCA was driving just south of San Diego near Los Sources and Angelo. Although the skies were clear, the weather was cool and wet. S- several typical Chilean weather, winter. Suddenly he noticed a very bright light appear behind him. It would distend a little, then begin to follow him. Yes, it may be around ten foot in diameter. He pressed down and accelerated, but instead of speeding up, the car began to lose momentum. The light quickly caught up his car and descended directly upon the roof of the vehicle. Inside the car lit up so brightly he could make out tiny dust particles floating in the air. A feeling of intense anxiety and pain washed over him him before he blacked out. He awoke, still in a chair, car, 
around ten miles away from where the light descended. A clock on the dashboard declared it had been just after 9pm. A watch in his wrist, however, had stopped at 8.05pm. His legs ached terribly. His head hurt worse than ever before. He suffered from bone aches and migraine headaches for the rest of his life. Though he's convinced he was abducted that evening, he states that the object wasn't an airplane or flying saucer. It was simply a very bright light. That landed on top of my car. Interesting, though, enough. In April 2001, UFO researchers in the region isolated a stretch of around 20 miles of road where UFO sightings were rife. Increasingly, we look at this stretch of road in more detail shortly. The mini wave of 1996. Several other UFO cancers took place in 1996. In the summer that year, for example, a family travelling back from Tocopole when they drove past an empty airfield, seeing a strange triangular shape on the ground, the driver slowed his, his car to a crawl. It was then the family heard the terrified screams of what sounded like a woman. They scanned the airfield and noticed a humanoid figure around ten feet tall, which shone like a brilliant, like brilliant metal. It turned its attention on the car, allowing these those inside to see the oval-shaped head and almond-shaped eyes. They appeared to shine with intense light. The figure moved towards their vehicle, making a motion with its arms, then he would, and he would stop. As the creature looked directly at them, they could see a brilliant beam of bluish light on each eye. The driver pressed his accelerator down and left the creature behind. In November 1996, several students of the Manuel, Manuel Bascudanio School made several sudden reports of known like men that hid in the trees and bushes. The children approached them and they would make strange shrieking the sounds. In the following month of December, Holzweider reported a sighting of a robotic humanoid. The creature approached him and startled his horse so badly it forced him to leave the isolated area. The rider believed that the creature was some kind of domestic entity. Disturbing Alien Encounters On 1st of February 1997, Claudia Fentiles will leave her home after feeling a warm rush of air enter the property. As she made her way outside, she, suddenly, she was suddenly walking down a half, half hallway stretching unfamiliar to her. After several moments, a group of humanoid figures approached her. They had long arms, the size of their body, wrinkled mouths. She did not notice any other details. And as far as she knew it, she was in a room that resembled a hospital suite. The next thing she knew, she was lying on a stretcher. Then one of the creatures has acted a fetus from her, placing it inside a jar filled with some kind of bubbling liquid. While they, that was disturbing enough, Claudia wasn't even aware she was pregnant. Nor she, uh, nor 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 should should she have been. She remained in, remained in the chamber for three days. However, when she regained full consciousness, she was lying in the town square, and only three hours of time passed. She was found by local residents. Furthermore, many people would report a sudden burst of light in the same area she later discovered. Just short of two weeks later, in the 13th of February, Martina 
Montoya would have an equally unnerving encounter. She and two children were asleep in their bedroom. Suddenly a loud, loud crackling noise woke Montoya, who looked towards the television, thinking it was a le- been left on. However, instead she saw a small entity around four feet, half feet, wearing a tight-fitting outfit. On its head was a helmet with a visor, which connected to a backpack through two tubes. She grabbed her two children and remained silent. A a strange creature stared at them for several moments before turning and disappearing into the warm. The Hecto Ace Vendora Incident A-V-C-E-V-E-D-D-O On a cold evening of faith of February 1997, Hector Ace Vendo was driving his milk products van through the ninth re- region of, in San Diego, S-A-N-T-I-A-G-O, before finishing, finishing work for the day. It was 8pm. He was counting on his way to pick up several appliances from a repair shop. Upon arriving and placing the repaired items in his, pa- in his van, a repair shop owner claimed that strange lights had been flying overhead at lightning speed. He looked up briefly, seeing nothing but clear sky, smiling politely and going on his way. He paid little attention to the shop's owner's claims, and a short while later, however, he was a fa- he he would face a sight he had not seen before or since. He would speak of an encounter to UFO researcher Eric Bellido. He would claim that a circular object appeared out of nowhere as he negotiated a bend in the road. The object was flying extremely close to the ground, relatively speaking, and looking to be 50 feet in width. It would eventually catch up to the other Ace Vindio and remained it hovering over his car. From this underside, a beam of light enveloped the vehicle. Then the car lost all power and began to move no more than 20, 12 miles per hour. The object remained overhead for what Ebert Ace Fendero believed to be around 10 minutes. He could recall seeing a red and violet shade of light within the bright glow. However, he could also describe, could also Recall noticing despite the intense brightness of the light, it didn't c- c- cast any light outward. In fact, he described the light as so intense he couldn't make out his shoe from the, from the accelerator pedal. Then things went fuzzy. The 1973 wave of humanoid occupant sightings beginning in August 1973 and lasting until late December the entire planet not but in particular the United States experienced a wave of very specific sightings what followed will be report after report of humanoid problems inside or merging from UFOs or humanoid creatures approaching on the occasion given chase to the witness several cases of alien abduction will occur during the same period while 1973 was a year which we were much higher than normal amount of UFO sightings. Last third were proved to be more than 
even more active. The Centre for UFO Studies, C-U-F-O-S, would discreetly study this wave. While they would, would for the most part, withheld the witness identities, accounts make a detailed and fascinating read. Furthermore, upon studying these figures, they reflect that very interestingly that there was a similar wave of sightings over France and other areas in Europe in 1954. The first sighting on the record occurred during the late afternoon of 9th of August in Exeter, North New Hampshire, as they were both driving along one of the main highways. A father and son witnessed a landed UFO in a field at the side of the road. Furthermore, they both clearly see humanoid figures standing beside it. A month later, on 9th of September, before a report of UFO landing in Laurel Grove Cemetery in Savannah, Georgia, Several local teenagers witnessed the landing. They stayed waiting to see the door open the crowd before ten big black hairy dogs came out and ran into the night. The UFO, which was glowing brightly, they dulled somewhat as if someone had turned out the light. Just over a week later, on the 18th of September, a young couple would experience a loud thud outside their home in Durham, New Hampshire. It was little after 9.30pm and dark outside. The young man walked around the property and stopped in his tracks when he saw three small circular spots, greenish in hue, on the ground. The sound of electrical noise filled the air, the source seeming to be be from above him. He was also hear garbled voices, but again, he couldn't locate them where they came from. The couple would go to bed for the evening at 11.30pm. The following circle, glowing circles were still present in the garden. Two nights later, in Sydney, North Carolina, a week of reports for several people began. Several witnesses would report a monster with large, red, glowing eyes. Perhaps bizarrely, this creature wore clothes, a brown shirt, black trousers and a brown cap. It appeared to use a venetian medallion type item in its chest for communication of least fifty to sixty feet in the air. Although the exact date is not certain, a sighting along Interstate seventy one in Idaho between Columbus and Mansfield is thought to take place in late September. It's well after midnight that the witness noticed a flashing light behind his car. First it was on his right, then it was his left. It finally appeared in front of him. It then sped into the night before ahead of him. He was driving at a speed of around 70 miles per hour. He believes he must have lost consciousness for some reason. The next thing the witness could remember was awaking between the wheel and the mooning vehicle as it moved at nearly 90 miles per hour. When a finding ride at Cleveland home, he, he realised he could not account for nearly an hour of the time. Although he attempted to put the episode out of his mind, he began to experience bizarre psychic episodes, and with an ultimately seek a hypnotic regression. He recalled shortly of seeing the strange lights of turning off 1-71. Although he had no idea, even at the time, why he was doing this, he was driving along a lonely, narrow, tree-lined road. 
It was then he could see the entities on the road. One was stood in front, the other two were beside his car. They appeared to be floating. Suddenly a craft was approaching them from above. Before he could react, he was raising towards the craft. Terror filled his mind. He was placed on a table. The strange entities were around him. He would make out a metallic look, look to their clothing. One of the creatures examined his legs, while the other had an instrument nearer to the head. Suddenly came a bright light. Then he was back in his car. On October, 1st of October, in Anthony Hill, Tennessee, during the thunderstorm, three teenagers report a huge, hairy, robot-like creature in the woodlands in the area. It raised its arms and had a round head. It would at first seem wise to dismiss this account. However, several collaborating statements of seeing a UFO over the area, youngsters claimed the sightings occurred, which suggests several wise. As was the strange imprints found at location, around ten people late days later in Alabama, a three-year-old boy would come to his mother's after playing outside. He matter-of-factly informed her he was playing with an old monster with grey and wrinkled skin. On the fourth of September, Semi Valley, California, over sighted came a sighting of a triangular object in a dust cloud at the side of the road. The witness was driving along the same freeway. He spotted the object. It hovered around 10 feet from the ground. On top of the craft was a clear bubble shape that seemed to be swelling, swiveling around on the underside of rope of some sort looked at be hanging by from not unseen opening. A humanoid appeared from out of the craft on the top side. It took look it would look at the witness for a moment before scrambling out of sight. Humanoid was a similar size of a human adult. It seemed to be dressed in some kind of wetsuit, cut silver in colour. A whirring noise suddenly broke there was an otherwise silent atmosphere. The bubble on the top of the craft began to turn it a little faster as it did so. Out of nowhere the fog appeared enveloped the object. The time the fog cleared, the craft was gone. Shortly after midnight, the 15th of October, in Omoro, West Contin, the witness awoke to find it in the room, glowing yet orange, a high-pitched whirling sound filling the ears. Suddenly, three humanoid creatures appeared out of nowhere in the bedroom. They were around five feet tall, with wrinkled grey skin and bald heads. He must have passed out as the next thing he knew. He was sat against the wall and the creatures in front of him. He seemed to be examining him. One of them had an old oral object that would pass over his body. He caught sight of it as it passed over his legs. To his judgment, he could see his bones through the object. It must have been some highly advanced real-time x-ray device. Just as the creature reached towards his head, he passed out again. He would wait near dawn. The witness would keep the incident to himself for some time. However, following a similar report of cancer happened to his girlfriend, he would come forward to report this to the CUFOS. On a similar evening in Bursia, Tennessee, the Klein family awoken to the sound of their dogs barking frankly. 
looking outside, they could clearly see the bright lights of UFO in the woods nearby. The following morning, the family would claw like tracks, would find claw like tracks as well as landing mounts over the area that had seen the lights. A safe evening on the Intercept 90 near Gulfport, Missouri, a taxi driver witnessed an oblong UFO with blue light overhead, blue light pass overhead. It would land somewhere in front of his vehicle, which was at the same time stalled as well as electric plugs going dead. He said, as well as electrics going dead, he sat still in the vehicle, suddenly a claw-like hand tapped on the window and was about um, as something rushed past. In Albany, Iowa, still on the, on the 16th of October, after arriving home for the evening, the witness could see a ghost-like figure in the distance, floating about 50 feet from the ground. Judging by the surroundings, the creature could have no been no more than four feet tall and extremely thin. It also appeared to be very tight-fitting clothing. It had been draped in close-fitting sheet. She stood and watched the strange creature for several moments before noticing a bright light moving towards it. When it got to the surrounding around 200 feet, the creature appeared to vanish. Other sightings of strange lights were reported locally in nearby Athens on the same evening. At roughly the same time in Burbank, California, two young children were reported a UFO landing in their backyard. It had, according to the four-year-old, a pointed top and rays of light coming from underneath. Four occupants invited the boys to look inside the ship. Before he had the chance to, however, the crowd vanished. Seconds later, the, the boy's father appeared from inside to investigate where the family dog was barking so excitedly. Ilya, Utah, at the evening of the 16th of October, morphed into the early hours of the 17th. A woman along with three children, a son of their neighbour, were all abducted with a family from the family home and taken on board a craft. All were subject to intense medical examinations by strange humanoid creatures. A main witness would remember being in a big room with lots of lights and buttons as well as two glass tubes containing liquids. You could see four or five humanoid creatures, at least two humans. The humanoids had large heads and two or three big claws. Several hours later in Pikesville, Maryland, a woman was f- brought from sleep by the sound of an explosion. She stepped outside her property into the porch. She was seen an oblong, le- long-shaped object in front of her. It was red but transparent. On one side of the craft was a strange bubble. Even more bizarre for the witness, inside the bubble was a human figure who appeared to be standing. On the way out to New Jersey, the New York City, two men driving along Route 23 reported seeing a large, round, silver craft hovering over a field that ran along the roadside. They continued to watch the craft, amazed to see the band descend. They brought their car to a stop and stepped out for the vehicle in time to see the UFO land it. Several humanoids emerged from the craft while the driver entered the car and sped off in panic. The second gentleman claimed to have spoken to the occupants. It's perhaps even 
should be noted. And while particular peculiar sightings are very likely, the interaction was highlighted as questionable by investigators. The sightings were what a junger Tennessee a little while a little while later almost turned it turned into a induction, called into witness a copper coloured circular UFO would hover only five feet from the ground in an open doorway a humanoid creature, roughly around two six feet tall, reached out of the craft and gra- tried to grab two children. Witness claimed that this creature had claw like hands but they released six other UFO reports in the region on the same day. Bizarre Chase account would very likely have been dismissed hadn't been if it hadn't come by police chief Jeff Greenshaw. He also managed to catch a photograph of the humoid in a very silvery suit. Greenshaw had ventured out of an area in Folksville, Alabama, to investigate reports of UFO sightings there. He spotted the metallic-looking creature. He pulled the car over the side of the road. The creature moved towards the vehicle first, then turned and ran in the opposite direction. Greenshaw gave chase for several minutes, but the creature sped up considerably. He lose sight of it, of it when his car came off the road temporarily. Another sighting in Alabama on the 17th October came from Luxley. Driver pickup driver Clarence Patterson was moving along the highway when a cigar-shaped UFO cast a luminous green light over the vehicle. The next thing Patterson was aware of was where the truck was rising off the ground and pulled into the craft overhead. These six robot-like beings were dragging from the cabin's truck's cabin. Bizarrely, he's certain these robots could read his thoughts. It was then he blacked out. The next thing he knew, he woke in the driver's seat of the moving truck. He was travelling around 90 miles per hour with no idea how long he'd been unconscious. One interesting detail given by Patterson was the scent of sulphur that remained with him long after the incident. Many witnesses of UFO sightings and specifically alien abductions often mentioned strong aroma of sulphur during their encounters. A little while Later, just outside Dandysville, Danielsville, Georgia, Paul Brown would make an emergency stop after an oval-shaped craft landed in the middle of the road, around nine, around 300 feet in front of him. Two foot, four-foot creatures emerged from the underside of the craft. He looked around momentarily before scrambling back into the all, all object before seeing Brown, with all the wish the craft descended at breakneck speed. On the e- an evening approached in Eurotopia, Missouri, drivers witnessed a UFO in a fifty foot wide hovering over the motorway high over highway eighty two. A main witness was watching the craft when he realized his vehicle was simply cut off cut out. Another second Craft hovered, a brilliant light appeared to connect the two hugis. As the witnesses looked on, a creature appeared and descended from the top craft to the bottom one. Both crafts disappeared shortly after. The following day, two teenagers were traced by a white thing in Chattanooga, Virginia, while out, of white, while out on White Mountain, Oak Mountain. Creatures were four foot tall with a large head and simmering body. Though there is no other reports of the strange creature, several reports of UFOs are in court, record in the area that day. 
The day after, in October, a woman will pull her car over to the roadside in Interstate 75 Ashburn, Georgia. It suddenly is installed for no apparent reason. Out of nowhere, a strange metallic man with a bowable dome and his head appeared. He walked like a robot and had shiny appearance. Although his arms are narrow and wrinkled, it would walk the vehicles vanishing in thin air. Though the sighties would begin to slow somewhat following the peak of the 16th and 17th of October, many, other report, many more reports would arrive with, with C-U-P-O-S on the 27th of October in Hartford City, Indiana. For example, three separate sighties of four foot-to-eyes in silver suits were reported. One report from Deborah, Deborah Crown who saw him crossing a road would state upon seeing her, some of them raising their arms as if an attempt to scare her. Around 15, 30, 15 minutes later, the Dove, Donovan family were witness to two light, bright silver heroes, each had no defining features other than bizarrely boxed foot feet. As their car approached them from behind, it was obvious the creatures were trying to get off the main road. They eventually did so, the following day imprints were discovered in the location of the government's said that the encounter took place. Gary Flatter was a local investigator and was working on the above Donovan case when he had his own experience in two hours later. He was surveying the area. He suddenly noticed a line of small mammals in the distance. It was then he also noticed an uncomfortable high-pitched sound. He shone his truck headlights in the direction of the sound and could clearly see two creatures described by the Donovans. They would turn to face him, forcing him to dim his headlight. Such was the glare bouncing from the shiny suits. They appeared to be wearing gas masks and their bot's feet appeared to be artificial as they adorned the kind of spaceship. Is then uh, as he watched them. Then they bent their knees slightly, and then they, then in a jumping motion, flew like a helicopter. The New Hampshire sightings, the last cluster of nineteenth-century humanoid sightings, occurred in November, early November, in Gulfstown, New Hampshire. G O F F S T O N. The first saw the witness, Florida. Flora Dow had heard a sudden thump on the front of her property one evening. She went to the front of the house and saw a motionless figure in an old bloke coat. A bizarre creature remained there for several minutes before disappearing. While driving home one evening, Linda Mori witnessed a yellow-orange yellow globe in front of a vehicle. The craft had a honeycomb design alongside from one large oval window. She stared intently into the window, amazed that she could see a humanoid figure inside the craft. It appeared to have grey, wrinkled skin with a lighter coat head. Its body, although it may have had a suit on, she could also see that the eyes were larger. She could be the size of its head. Linda was sure it was a creature. It wasn't a creature she could see her, but she hardly helped her feeling being drawn to the craft. She managed to tear herself away from its influence and found refuge in a nearby house. It isn't clear of Linda's very experience why 
any missing time. At the time of the report, she didn't wish to pursue regression therapy to find out. Last one, Rex Snow and his wife would awaken late one night. The sound of activity outside their house. Upon inspection, Ralph would see two humanoids with self-aluminous adorned a tight silver suit. They were around four foot tall. They appeared to be examining the ground around them as they were collecting specimens. The family guard dog would approach them as if the attack would stop suddenly his tracks. He would turn around and head back to the family home.